Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Thanks to W.J. Pierce for creating and performing our music. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live. We're your hosts, Alistair Cross and Tamara Thorne. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we introduce tonight's guest, uh, Tamara, why don't you tell our listeners what we're working on now? Okay. Well, what we're working on is uh, Ravencraft's Exorcism, but what we have coming out that you can actually read are our two new solos. Mine is available now. Um, It's called Brimstone. It's a coming-of-age horror story that takes place in 1968, and it has really good music. The Brimstone Grand Hotel, owned by reclusive former movie star Delilah Devine, looms high on Hospital Hill, harboring long-buried family secrets that whisper of unimaginable horrors, horrors that will echo down through generations. Within the walls of the Brimstone Grand, the past has come back to life, and Holly Tremaine and her grandmother, Delilah, are faced with an ancient familial evil that rages just below the old old hotel's serene facade, an evil that won't rest until it possesses Holly, body, mind, and soul. And Alistair's new release is The Silver Dagger. It's book two in the Vampires of Crimson Cove series, and picks up where the first book, The Crimson Corset, leaves off. Life in Crimson Cove has been good to the Coulter brothers since Gretchen Van Treese was staked and her horde of vampires scattered. But when she rises from the grave, the the brothers are torn apart, their lives and the peace between them shattered. Meanwhile, a serial killer is stalking a little mountain town, leaving a trail of blood that leads to a truth Sheriff Ethan Hunter doesn't want to face. The streets are no longer safe, nor are the forested paths. For a new and unknowable evil has come to Crimson Cove, and everyone, vampire and human alike, must come together in order to survive. Alistair. All right. Uh, the Crimson Corset, or vampires in general, be sure and check out Darling Girls, which is a Golden Cross collaboration that features the vampires from Crimson Cove as well as the vampires from Tamara's novel Candle Bay. Uh, all right, again, uh, you're listening to Thorn and Cross on a night's live. You can learn more about what we do at our websites, alistaircross.com and tamathorn.com. You can visit our mutual blog at thornandcross.wordpress.com. If you tweet, our handles are at crossalister and at tamathorn. You can also visit our Haunted Nights Live page on Facebook. For more information on the show, you can visit Authors on the Air on Facebook, Twitter, and at authorsontheair.com. This is a broadcast of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network, LLC. All right, tonight we are introducing someone who I've heard a lot about this guy. This is the first time I, I meet him, and uh, I'm really excited. Del Howison is an award-winning editor, journalist, fiction author, and actor. He has been nominated for the Bram Stoker Award four times, uh, the Black Quill Awards twice, and the Shirley Jackson Award, and for the Ron Patton Award. Along with his in which is America's home of horror, in Burbank for 17 years short story, The Lost Herd, was retitled The Sacrifice uh, and was scripted by Nick Harris and directed by Breck Eisner and used as the premiere episode on NBC's anthology show, Fear Itself. He has co-edited five books, including all three of the Dark Delicacies anthologies, The Book of Lists Horror, and Midian Unmade. 
His nonfiction includes When Werewolves Attack from Jabberwocky. Co-wrote Vampires Don't Sleep Alone with Elizabeth Dario. His film acting appearances include John vs. DC, The Erotic Life of Countess Dracula, Blood Scarab, and The Crystal Lake Massacres Revisited. Uh, he also has a new audiobook being released, and his new book, The Survive, is The Survival of Margaret Pratt. Without further ado, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're good. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm real good. <laughs> So you've written a Western. I have. We were talking about that before the show. I love me some Western. Tell us about the survival of Margaret Preston. <clears throat> Margaret Thomas. Thomas. Okay. Thomas. Where really? did I get yep. Preston? Why do we? Yep. <laughs> oh, Douglas Preston. I bet I missed That's yes, right. You know, you've got Thomas, there. Yes. There is a blurb on there by Douglas Preston, so that's that's directly under it. Yep. That's where it came from. All right. Sorry about that. The survival of Margaret Thomas. We're on hell of a ride, says Douglas Preston. <laughs> Mesmerizing. You need this, says Joe R. Lansdale. Yes. Okay. That's it. So that and, came and about the, yeah. because my agent said, write something besides horror. <laughs> Quite uh-huh. frankly, and uh, I had already written and had a couple of Western short stories published. So um, the idea of writing a novel uh, was something I had always wanted to do. I'd written nonfiction books, as you've noted, with uh, When Werewolves Attack and Vampires Don't Sleep Alone. And and uh, I started as a journalist, and uh, I also wrote plenty of articles or columns for webzines and things like that. So I always wanted to play with a novel, never had the time. And thought, well, you know what? Why not? Uh, why not write a western? Because I love westerns, and I don't see enough of them out there anymore, whether it's in literature or in film. Mhm. I agree. We need more. That's cool. So, so it, it, I I totally agree. Um, and you, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about um, dark delicacies. You've been in that place for a long time. Uh, yes. Or how has it uh, changed over the years? What's different about it now than than say when it first opened? Well, it's moved. It's moved. Uh, I'm in my fourth location now, so that um, you know it's grown and changed as the actual space, physical space itself, has grown and changed. But the direction always shifts and changes too. I mean, the beautiful thing about being a small or a mom-and-pop type store as opposed to a chain store like Sears or Macy's or something. It's like when you realize something's working or something's not working, you can adjust easily to make that happen where, you know, it's like a PT boat versus an aircraft carrier. It's much easier to turn and shift. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, I think it's impressive it's that uh, so many – yeah, it is. So many – I've heard – like, yeah, and I've and so many stores, bookstores have, have gone out of business. It's been a really rough, I don't know, ten years, really. Um, why why do you think years has lasted? Well, I think it's a couple of things. We have uh, fought our way through some of the problems over the last twenty five years, such as uh, the advent of um, <clears throat> the superstores like Borders and. 
uh, Barnes and Noble and all of those and um, and I think we survived those because we were doing something I don't believe they're capable of doing and um, we we survived our Amazon attack you know who uh, at one time Jeff Bezos said he would love to put all the physical bookstores out of business so that people would just buy books from him. So, you know, when when somebody puts up a challenge like that, you have to stick around. And then, um, you know, we've and now we've just survived the the thing of the skyrocketing rents and, um, you know, the property costs just going through the roof. That's why we moved this last time. We've only been. I happen to be standing in the alley behind Dark Delicacies on a beautiful sunny day, and we have been here. It'll be two months come July 1st, so uh, we're almost two months old in this particular spot. But our move was actually caused because of uh, the lease being up and the rising rents coming in, and we couldn't afford it. We saw many, many people in the strip that we had our store on, which was a lovely strip in Magnolia Park, Burbank, California, and they even called it the Monster Crawl because you had creature features and dark delicacies and Mystic Museum and Blast from the Past, all these cool stores. And then the area, which had been kind of a downtrodden area prior to this happening, when it started generating business and landlords looked out and said, wow, look at all of the people, now we can charge more rent, they didn't realize that the right. places that they were driving out were actually the ones that were generating that traffic. And I'm sure that in three or four years, they're going to look around and go, hey, where are all the people? What the hell happened here? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that'll be satisfying. <laughs> yes and no. You know, I mean, when when I first came to L.A., uh, Melrose was like the happening street. It was everybody talked about Melrose. You all went to Melrose, get something to yeah. eat, look at the shops, kind of hang out. And in fact, yeah. in Japan, they even had a uh, magazine entitled Melrose. I mean, it was that popular. Now it looks almost like a skid row. You've got graffiti everywhere. You got street people everywhere. You got papers and cans and crap blowing all around. And that was entirely because the area took off and was very good. So the landlords came out with the greed, drove out all of the people who were still there. <clears throat> and uh, they've done that three or four places. So they either become dumps or they become filled with nothing but corporate stores uh, because they're the only ones who can afford them. Like, like right next to us, yeah. same landlord from the one we just moved from, once they jacked the rents up, uh, AT&T moved in because what we all need is another phone store. Uh, oh, what yeah. They drove right. out, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And what they drove out was um, the writer's store. So the writer's store no longer even exists, and that was kind oh, of a, yeah. a staple here in Los Angeles. Yeah, that was a great place. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's sad about Melrose. That used to be the only place I could get to... Dia de los Muertos figures way before they became known. Yes, that's There's absolutely right. Yeah. They, were, they had all kinds of quiche kind of cool stuff. Yeah. Now you have such things. I oh, do so have such things. And that's you part do. of the, the answering uh, the question earlier, which is, you know, how did we 
stay in business, and, and it was those adjustments because, for one thing, we're not only a bookstore, and I think that helped keep our butt out of the fire. Uh, we have oh, yeah. gifts. Uh, you know, we have some clothing. We have all kinds of things, and we try to carry as many things unique to us as we possibly can. Our dream is not to be the Walmart of horror, you know. But, um, right. <laughs> Uh, the, the real bread and butter for us are the signing events, which happen at least once a week um, and sometimes more because usually we have them on the weekend. But Tuesday is a release day for DVDs and books and things. So sometimes we have to have the, the signing on the evenings of the release day. It's great. Well, and and you do so many movie signings. That must really help. Yeah, lots of movie signings, and uh, just the other night, Fred Decker was here signing *Night of the Creeps* uh, in the new Blu-ray mm-hmm. that just came out. But it's not that I'd like to say that it's because my wife and I are so brilliant. But the actual truth <laughs> is, it's location, location, <laughs> location, because everybody comes yeah. through here with a book deal or a movie deal or a whatever. I mean. L.A. is the spot, and I honestly believe yeah. that probably only a couple places in the United States that you could even put this store and have it succeed. Yeah, right. it really is about location. It, but the ambience of the store is so wonderful. I love it there. And I, I was telling Alistair before you came on, I think that when your store hadn't been open very long, your first store, mm-hmm. and you came up and introduced yourself and I had my first novel out, I think. And so we've known each other an awful long time. Well, I'll put it this way. In December, we'll be 25 years in business. Wow. So. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and, you've got, <laughs> yeah, and you, you get all kinds of people in there. It's one of the only places I've ever heard of that, you know, people really want to, you know, get there and, and have a signing there. You know what I mean? It's That's really cool in a in a time where nobody really cares about such things you you get a lot of traffic i think that's amazing it and it is and it and it, the people really feel like it's their store i mean the amazing thing the thing that knocked us out was when our lease was up on our last store and we knew we could not afford to stay there um we were just figuring on closing maybe we could do couple of conventions every month and put stuff online and exist that way but of course then you lose the signing events and you lose a lot of other things you know this is like the clubhouse so some of our friends said why don't you do a GoFundMe to try and get a new place and there were many things that this whole thing was serendipitous but um, we didn't want to because it felt like you're going, hey, give me some money because this isn't working, you know. <laughs> right. uh-huh. So they said, no, nah, no, nah, it doesn't have that stigma anymore. Just go ahead and do it. So we did. We we had one set up. Lisa, who one of our close friends who helps out in the store occasionally, set up a GoFundMe page. And uh, Guillermo del Toro found out about it. And he posted a tweet and just said, hey, you guys, you can't let this place go. This is like the only place like this. We need this, all us horror people. And in three days, we had $35,000 on the GoFundMe. And many people jumped on board from the industry, James Wan, a bunch of other people. And mostly it was the 5 and $10 of the people who patronize the store. 
the people who come here to buy things were the same people that put money into the GoFundMe. And about the same time as this was going on, well, this was in January, about the Mm -hmm. same time, around the corner and down the street, down Hollywood Way, a building was available. And uh, the guy in the building next to it said, hey, it'd be great if you guys could get in here. We got in touch and everything, and the place was trashed inside. I mean, absolutely a mess. Uh. But the landlord said, look, I know that you are there until the uh, end of May on our old lease, and you can't afford two leases. I'll give you three months free because you're going to have to put money into it to fix the place up. Serendipity Uh. again. So we did that and um, took the money that we had gotten from the GoFundMe, and we basically dug this place out and rebuilt it. And um, then we started regular rent, and our rent was up at the other place. The timing worked out. And and it's all because the people didn't want us to go away. And and that just – we were gobsmacked. I mean, it was just really – a crazy, crazy thing that I would never have figured on. Wonderful. And people who haven't seen Dark Delicacies, um, I know you have pictures on, on Facebook constantly, and it's under Del okay. Howison. And, um, there is a, and there is a Dark Delicacies Facebook, yeah. too. Yeah, they're both. Oh, okay. I always look at your page. And yep. you do have a website as well, right? Yep, uh, darkdell.com. Yeah. Well, you have, Alistair, I really screwed up not bringing you by when you were here last April. You should have seen it. But it, it's, it's I know, wonderful. that's true. Next time I, you come I, out, I was just we thinking. Won't. I know, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm like, we went and saw so many places, and I've seen, I've heard about this place for so long. I think it's so cool that, that I mean, how do you, do you look back on it, Dale, and think, wow, this is so cool to be a part of this? I mean, you've met amazing people. You've survived amazing things i mean the store has i mean how does that feel but it it definitely is my happy place um but it and it survived so much because it's it's so many pairs of hands and that's the thing that blows me away and makes me happy and and uh you know looking back at all the people who have signed some who are just joining us and some who are no longer with us um, you know, we were we were working on trying to figure out a way to maybe do a memorial wall in here. But it's the effort of oh, wow. all of those people um, that made this thing happen. I'm overjoyed to be part of this experience. You know, it's it's just right. a, a wonderful thing. I've never right. been to such great signings as at your store. It's it's just so nice for the the public and the writers and everybody else. And it's you kind of laid back with, so that, you know, people, yeah. the signers don't feel pressure, I don't think. Not at all. It's fun. It's a party. And I, I met so many people there for the first time. Mick Garris and oh, Pete Atkins, we have him on the show a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> oh, that Pete guy. He can talk, can he? he, he he's he's <laughs> we love him. fun. Yes, we love him. <laughs> He is. He's one of my favorites. God, he he's can great. tell yeah. stories, and yeah, sometimes we. I remember one time Pete and I went to see um, Robert Wise talk. He was talking Ooh. over in Glendale. He was like, 
about the day the earth stood still and all kinds of things like that. Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful time. It's great just hanging out with Pete, so you get to hang out with him on the radio. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. But we, we need to hear about your re- releases. You didn't tell us about the book yet, and you also have a new audio book being released. I do, of the survival of Margaret Thomas. Um, it'll oh. be available to um, libraries uh, starting the end of July and be part of their loaner thing, and then it'll be available three months later or the end of August, uh, end of October, um, for purchase in a hard form, you know, with the CD discs. But I believe you'll be able to right. download it long before that. And it's wonderfully read by an actress named of, uh, Carol Monda, and she does a wonderful mm-hmm. job. Uh, and we even talked back and forth during the process. She said it is very weird, but usually book readers, voiceover book readers, they usually have like a little board in their house, and they just record the book that way. In this case, Blackstone sent her to the film center, to the studios at the film center in New York, where she had an editor, a director, she was in a sound Uh. studio, so uh, she got the full boat treatment, and she was delighted because that happens less and less these days. The book itself which is coming out in hardback on July 24th um, from Five Star Publishing. Um, It'll be available everywhere. And, of course, I've talked the management. Don't say anything. The management at Dark Delicacies (laughs) to allow me to have a signing for the book here on July 27th. (laughs) Wow, what pushovers. (laughs) <laughs> and then we'll be going down to uh, doing a signing at Mysterious Galaxy in San Diego and, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, trying to do as much with the book as we can. It's kind of, it's it's not a horror Western. It's not a supernatural Western, but it's extremely dark. Um, uh-huh. But then human beings are extremely dark, so I figured that worked. Yeah. And, and sort of, right. it's, uh, it's in the tradition of true grit. That kind of story. That sounds fantastic. It it is. If you if you wanted a quick log line, it would be uh, true grit. And if Maddie, the lead character in True Grit, was all grown up and uh, was mm-hmm. kind of an Easterner, and she had to travel across the West to get to Arizona to. Uh, attend the trial of the people who were responsible for the death of her husband. Oh, can't wait to read this. That sounds wonderful. You know, I was thinking back, Tamara, uh, uh, to when we met, and it's almost like every time I met you, you were usually with Chelsea Quinn Yarbrough. Yeah, I usually come sign when she's in town. And she's moved over into doing, I think her last few books were like mysteries. Yeah, she's got um, the really good Chesterton Holt mysteries. They're they're set in the 30s, which is one of my favorite time periods, and they're they're very snappy. She's still working on count books too, but you know how everything's changing. She's got a new publisher working on things and all and that. And you write but, on the yeah, book she's... that they'll buy from you. That's exactly what happens. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, she she's. She's doing well. She's she's hanging in there. We just, I just took Alistair out to meet her in person, and, oh, and uh, okay. we stayed with her a few days. She's yeah. a great person. We had yeah, a road trip. You uh, would have had a good time with me last week. Oh yeah, we should have been because there. What were you doing last week? 
last week I was at the Western Writers Convention in uh, oh. Tucson, Arizona. And Tamara, you would have gone. You would have been drooling. You would have loved that. I would have. And there were a couple of people I knew from there. Uh, um, Jeff Marriott, you know, who used to be involved oh, with yeah. Mysterious Galaxy, and he writes a lot of uh, graphic novels and stuff. David Morrell was there, who wrote Rambo oh, First him. Blood. Oh, yeah. yep. We need to get him yeah. back on the show. He's fun. He's yeah. a really nice yeah, guy. But they let us tour Old Tucson, which was the old western town film studios where they had done uh, High Chaparral and Gunsmoke and Real Lobo and all of those kind of things. There was Real Lobo, oh, wow. I think, was what I was watching the other night. And I, oh, that's Old Tucson. And, it, and I was right. We yep. were there for a convention one year. And on Halloween night, we went over over to Old Tucson, my husband and I, and it rocked. It, it was so scary. They had people oh, yeah. on the boardwalk pushing the steps up, and they didn't care if you got hurt. It, it was really fun. That was a <laughs> long time ago. They didn't care if you got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> no. it, it, they weren't as safe as not scary farm. They probably cared, but we didn't. <laughs> Probably too. <laughs> it was just terrific. <laughs> what All right, uh, Adele, is there is there um, anything that you're what's what's what are you working on next? Well, I I got to meet face to face at this Western Writers Convention, uh, my publisher of the survival of Margaret Thomas, and uh, we talked, and I said I got an idea for a sequel, and she said I'd love to yeah. see it. So that's what I'll be working on next. And in the meantime, of course, doing all the other things we all do, which is dropping an occasional short story here and there and maybe writing a column or two and uh, then running that little enterprise my wife and I own, that dark delicacies thing. Yeah. Right. You're a busy guy. <laughs> that's the way to live. You are. It is. Yeah. The last time I was there, my I dream would. came true. Oh, I felt like a fangirl. You set me next to Laura Parker, Angelique from Dark Shadows, which I, I'd grown up, you know, dressing as her at Halloween and stuff, and I got to sit by her. And it was the first time I felt like a fan in so many years. Thank you. <laughs> you know, we all have somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's we extremely do. nice, we, and she's very prolific. She's written quite a few books in the uh, Dark yeah. Shadows universe. She has couldn't believe how beautiful she still is. She's yep. Incredible. Yeah. And very, very, very nice person. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I promised her she wanted in. I said, if I get to do another anthology, because once again, back to what the publisher will buy from you, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to do a, a fourth Dark Delicacies anthology, and I promised her she could get a story in it. So I'm hoping that comes Oh, through. wonderful. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, she's a good writer, too. Yep. Wow. So, so we're almost out of time. So, yeah, um, one more ahead. question before we let you go. Have you met anyone, Dell, that you are were totally starstruck by? We all have somebody like that. That's who who would <laughs> who can, you know, now that I meet so many of them, I'm just amazed that I'm allowed in that world, quite frankly. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but some of the people that really blow me away are like the film composers and and uh, the directors mm-hmm. or the or the artists that are involved. I mean, 
you can't throw a rock out here without hitting talent. And uh, coming from Michigan, <laughs> which is where I was born and raised, I mean, it's incredible to me. Stuff that is just like, ah, that doesn't work. Throw it away. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nice. Bye. All right. Well, before we let you go, can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you, your books, your bookstore, whatever you want? Sure. Well, you can find the store is located in Burbank, California, 822 North Hollywood Way. Uh, there's a website, darkdell, D-E-L, one L, dot com. Um, my new book coming out is The Survival of Margaret Thomas. That's July 24th. There are three Dark Delicacies anthologies that you can find uh, in this store or on Amazon or wherever that are all original horror stories written by people like Clive Barker and David Morrell and Ray Bradbury and Whitley Strieber and all kinds of folks. So uh, that's easy. So you can get in touch with the store at the website or go on Facebook and look up Dark Delicacies. Perfect. All right. Sounds great. Will you come back and visit us again? Yeah. What's that? Will you come back and visit us again? Sure. Next time you have Pete on. Oh, we can. Well, we're having him on for Halloween. We could make it a big party. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'll come on with Pete. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glenn's going to be on too. Right. Hershberg. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Pete's popular. Yeah. Yeah. We we'll pencil you in. We're serious. That's okay. Then, as long uh, as you're giving out candy, it's Halloween and all. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll do that. And, and I was telling uh, Alistair. A story you told me many years ago, and I found out I don't remember it very well. We would love to have you tell us the story of the dildo factory again someday. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Doc Johnson's in North Hollywood, California. <laughs> oh, I love that story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. Right. Thank uh, you for we, coming. Yeah, it was great. It was great meeting you. We, uh, we'll, we'll pencil you back in for Halloween and. Uh, uh, thanks for being on. And maybe we can yeah. meet in person at some point. Tamara, always good talking to you. I know, right? Oh, you right. too. Yeah, I'll, All right. I'll drag out All right, everybody. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right, everyone, thank you for listening. This is Thorn and Cross, Haunted Nights Live, and until next week, we wish you haunted nights. And sweet screams. Thank you for listening. Haunted Nights, live with Tamara Thorne and Alistair Cross. Thank you.